Lord who created man in wealth and store, though foolishly he lost the same, decaying more and more till he became most poor. With thee, O oh, let me rise as larks harmoniously and sing this day thy victories. Then shall the fall further the flight in me. From Wyoming Catholic College, this is the After Dinner Scholar, and I'm your host, Dr. Jim Tonkowicz. Those lines of poetry are the first stanza of George Herbert's poem, Easter Wings. And if you read the poem, you'll notice that the two stanzas are like two butterflies, or perhaps two angels, as the lines begin long, get progressively shorter, and then begin to lengthen out again. George Herbert, a contemporary of William Shakespeare and John Milton, lived from 1593 to 1633. In addition to being a poet, Herbert was a Church of England priest and a theologian. Wyoming Catholic College President Dr. Glenn Arbery has long been an admirer of Herbert's metaphysical poetry, including Easter Wings and another poem simply entitled Easter. Dr. Arbery, what do you find captivating about George Herbert's poetry? He has an imagination that really captures you when you uh, see the way that he deals with his religious images. For example, there's a poem that most of our students memorize called Love Three, that's really about being invited to a dinner. And you know, love bade me welcome and my soul drew back guilty of dust and sin. Uh, and then it goes on to, um, in a very inventive way, kind of present um, what it is we're actually being offered, you know, in the Eucharist. Other poems like the pulley or the collar, you know, take a particular image and work them through in a, uh, in a way that it's always a little startling. But Herbert has a sweetness to him that's, um, I think, probably what's most captivating. There's just something that you feel under, under the lines that uh, is just very appealing. Yeah, almost an innocence. Yeah, yeah, it is that. It's not a, there's not anything worldly that's kind of trying to break through. Uh, even when he's complaining about his own worldliness, you never quite believe him, as you might believe John Donne, for example. <laughs> <laughs> now, he was part of a group known as the Metaphysical Poets. What does that mean? Well, uh, it's a term that was coined by Samuel Johnson, the 18th century critic, and I think he meant it just to mean uh, kind of difficulty in uh, the metaphors. They're, they're not metaphors that, that come to mind easily. They're, they're a little more labored. And he, he thought of it as a bit artificial. And I'm not sure why he used the term metaphysical. You know, it's not as though, you know, it has to do with metaphysics in, in the philosophic sense. So uh, it may be that it's linking together natural things with spiritual meanings, you know, or something along those lines. But yeah, it's, it's a term that Samuel Johnson applied to them that has, has stuck. Well, tell us about his Easter poems, beginning with Easter Wings. Well, Easter Wings is the more famous one, and it's because it's written to be seen on the page, um, which is sort of new. You know, you're, you're talking about an innovation that takes into account uh, the, the printed page as the medium rather than something that might be sung. 
So Easter Wings is arranged on the page so that the first lines are much longer than the ones in the middle of the stanza. Let me just read it real quick so you can kind of hear it. Lord who created man and wealth in store, though foolishly he lost the same, decaying more and more. If you watch this on the page, you see the line kind of mm -hmm. shrinking. Till he became most poor with thee, oh, let me rise as larks harmoniously and sing this day thy victories, then shall the fall further the flight in me. So in the same stanza, you have long lines that shrink and shrink and shrink, and then come back out at the end. And he does the same thing in the next stanza, so that it looks like wings on the page, um, which is you know, his point. His other poem, Easter, you know, just discovered, and it's, it's also a most interesting one. Uh, would, you, would you recite that? Sure, I will. I'll read it. I'm recita <laughs> <laughs> recitation, and from memory, is not going to happen. Okay, Easter. Rise, heart. Thy Lord is risen. Sing His praise without delays. Who takes thee by the hand, that thou likewise with Him mayest rise. That as His death calcined thee to dust, His life may make thee gold and much more just. Awake, my lute, and struggle for thy part with all thy art. The cross taught all wood to resound his name, who bore the same. His stretched sinews taught all strings what key is best to celebrate this most high day. This, by the way, I guess key and day rhyme there. So you might want to say what K is best to celebrate this most high day, something like that. Consort both heart and lute, and twist a song, pleasant and long. Or since all music is but three parts, vied and multiplied, let thy blessed spirit bear a part, and make up our defects with his sweet art. And then, it, you know, it's as though Herbert, having kind of set it up, um, has the poem that comes out of the three parts that he's been thinking about in the first part of the poem. So the first stanza, rise heart, thy Lord is risen. Second stanza, awake my lute. Third stanza, consort both heart and lute, you know, to make this song. And then the song that these put together is, is the end of the poem, which is three shorter stanzas. Let me just read these quickly. I got me flowers to straw thy way. I got me boughs off many a tree. But thou wast up by break of day, and broughtst thy sweets along with thee. The sun arising in the east, though he give light and the east perfume, if they should offer to contest with thy arising, they presume. Can there be any day but this, though many suns to shine endeavor? We count three hundred, but we miss. There is but one, and that one ever. So, yeah, lovely. And again, this, this same kind of sweetness comes through this one. Um, well, I mean, it seems, it seems almost like it's two poems. It is. It, it does feel like that. And, and I think the way to read it is that the first three stanzas kind of prepare for what happens in the third. And I think we should probably think of the third stanza as a song. So the heart, the lute, the spirit, 
I'll make this music and then the song is the, is the little poem at the end. Yeah, the, the first three stanzas, and, and he's dealing with these threes, you know, um, which is pretty deliberately Trinitarian here, right? Mm -hmm. When he's thinking about a chord of music being three parts that, you know, vie with each other. Uh, three tones. I wish you had your guitar. You could play this. <laughs> play a chord for us uh, to illustrate. He starts with, um, you know, a longer line, rise heart, thy Lord is risen, sing his praise. And then in these stanzas, you have a shorter line without delays. So 10 syllables, four syllables, you know, all through the first three stanzas. And then the, um, yeah, the, the song at the end, which is what I take it is. I love the imagery of the lute. Yeah. The cross taught all wood to resound his name right. bore the same. Yeah. His stretched sinews taught all strings that K is best to celebrate this most high day. Right, right. Yeah. Lovely image, right? That all wood resounds, you know, the name of Christ after the cross. And so the lute turns it into, into music for him. Yeah. So heart and lute work together to make this, make this song. Let thy blessed spirit bear a part and make up our defects with his sweetheart. You know, so, I don't know, sort of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The mm -hmm. lute is, in a sense, um, Christ. Christ, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, a little bit at the, at the end of, the, uh, of the, the whole poem, you know, the imagery is an interesting kind of combination of Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, right? I got me flowers to straw thy way, it's probably strew thy way also. Got me boughs off many a tree, but thou wast up by break of day and brought thy sweets along with thee. You know, you know, as though Palm Sunday and Easter morning kind of become the same, uh, same event. The sun arising in the east, though he give light in the east perfume, if they should offer to contest with thy arising, they presume. So, you know, sunrise. And in the east, I think uh, Herbert here is thinking about India uh, John Donne has um, lines about all the Indias of spice and mine, you know, all these things that come in from the East that are the perfumes, like, like the sun arising in the East, you know. If you put those together, they, they still can't contest with the resurrection. And then the last, can there be any day but this, though many suns to shine endeavor? You know, you, get all, you have sunrises all through the year. We count 300, but we miss. There is but one, and that one ever. So, you know, the, the, the true sunrise um, that is given to us by Easter. Would you read the whole poem again? Gosh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's see what it sounds like if we just take the whole thing all the way through. Um, just by the way, that calcined thee to dust, that's to take something and burn it until it's reduced to, to ash. Uh, sometimes to lime. So there's a kind of alchemical image in there. 
as his death calcined thee to dust, his life may make thee gold and much more just. You know, mm. so you're thinking about this transformation. Okay, so let's go through it one more time. Easter, rise, heart, thy Lord is risen. Sing his praise without delays, who takes thee by the hand, that thou likewise with him mayest rise, that as his death calcined thee to dust, his life may make thee gold and much more just. Awake my lute and struggle for thy part with all thy art. The cross taught all wood to resound his name who bore the same. His stretched sinews taught all strings what key is best to celebrate this most high day. Consort both heart and lute and twist a song pleasant and long or since all music is but three parts vied and multiplied, well, let thy blessed spirit bear a part and make up our defects with his sweet art. I got me flowers to straw thy way. I got me boughs off many a tree, but thou wast up by break of day and brought thy sweets along with thee. The sun arising in the east though he give light and the east perfume. If they should offer to contest with thy arising, they presume. Can there be any day but this, though many suns to shine endeavor? We count 300, but we miss. There is but one, and that one ever. If you wish to reread, maybe even memorize, George Herbert's poems, Easter Wings and Easter, those poems are available online with a simple search. And this being the Easter octave, we have an entire season of rejoicing to focus intently on the glory of Christ risen. As Herbert wrote, Can there be any day but this? Though many suns to shine endeavor, we count three hundred, but we miss. There is but one, and that one ever. Wishing you Easter joy. For Wyoming Catholic College, this is Dr. Jim Tonkowicz.